Let's take our Bibles. Let's go to Psalm 20 today, the 20th Psalm. How many of you have ever heard of the term, I've got to read it, make sure I say it correctly, hyperthymesia, hyperthymesia, all right, anybody, hyperthymesia, this is, uh, you hear the word, you can hear where we get amnesia from it, right, what's amnesia, you know what that means, you forget things, you've lost memories, so hyperthymesia also known as highly superior autobiographical memory. All right? Yeah, you've heard of that, right? Uh, HSAM. And this is the other extreme where people learn or remember things from years and years ago. You could give a random date, March 14th, 2014, and their mind will go back to that moment and that day. And you can just name any time and they can, they can pull back what they did that day, what was involved in that day. And so it's a, a very rare condition. In 2021, they said only about 62 people in the world they knew had this condition. And apparently it's not a fun condition. It's very laborious. Uh, they're constantly overthinking things and going through their mind, and it gets heavy on them, and it's a very difficult thing for people to deal with. But there are some dates that are sealed in our minds and our hearts, aren't there? 21 years ago today, September 11th, 2001, if you were alive and old enough, you remember that day, don't you? We could go back to some other days, and some of you are old enough, maybe a John F. Kennedy, uh, the day he was assassinated, you would have some recollection of those days. Uh, I think for me, the, the biggest event that I could go back in my life that, that I remember about, I was old enough to remember when President Reagan was shot and his attempted assassination, but I don't remember that moment where I was when I found out about that. But a few years later, in 1986, when the space shuttle Challenger, I can remember, I was with my dad. I don't know why I was with him on that day, but I was. I was with him. We was in his car. He had a white Ford Tempo, and uh, we were in the church parking lot getting ready to go somewhere, and the news came on on the radio, and we heard that, and we went home, and we turned on the news, and we saw all the events surrounding that. And of course, as I mentioned, September 11th, 2001. At that time, Rachel and I were living in New Hampshire. I was serving at Victory Baptist Church in schools as a youth pastor and a school teacher. Gone to school that morning, and it was a Tuesday, and I had done um, staff devotions, and done, we did junior high and high school devotions together every morning, and had dismissed the kids. I had that first period free, so I got some things organized, and a little before 9 o'clock, I went and talked to, I called my wife. And she told me about an airplane that crashed into the World Trade Center, the North Tower, that had happened at 8.46. And uh, my first question to her was, was it terrorist? She said, I don't know, I'm just watching it on the news now. And then at 9.03, I believe, the South Tower was hit. And I can remember my wife's voice as she gasped, as she was watching the news, she saw that, that second plane go into that tower. And she said, another one has hit. And immediately I thought to myself, we're under attack. And um, we were trying to get things organized in our school and make sure what we needed to do there. 
And um, of course, many of you, it was very close for you. Some of you were there in the Pentagon or around the D.C. area. Um, Some of you were put on high alert, ready to go at a moment's notice as we were trying to figure those things out. There are men and ladies in this room that perhaps were inspired by that day to join our military and to participate in this uh, as our nation came under attack on that dreadful day when nearly 3,000 lives were lost here in D.C., in New York City, and in a far uh, a field in Pennsylvania as uh, this, these attacks came out. And so we remember those things, and we should remember those things. Uh, we were just spent last Sunday through Wednesday, actually came back on Thursday. Um, I was over in Pennsylvania at a church I pastored prior to coming to, Cap, uh, to fellowship here. Excuse me, to Heritage here. It was the name of the church was Fellowship. And we were there preaching a Sunday through Wednesday meeting, and I was encouraging one of our friends there, said, come visit us. Uh, come, to, come over here. You can come see the sites and the memorials at D.C. and stay with us. And they, in a sarcastic tone, said, yeah, we need to come before they tear down all the memorials. Now, there was some sarcasm in that statement, but there was also some seriousness in that statement. And we're living in a time when people want to erase many of the things in our history and forget about them, and it's important that we remember And it really is that word, remember, that led me to my text this morning. We've been studying the Psalms in this series of messages. I believe this is the fifth or sixth message today in this series of messages. And what I did is I did a word search through the Psalms on the word remember. And it's in several different chapters, uh, several different passages throughout this book, and And I read through those and looked to these, and my heart was drawn here to the 20th Psalm. And would you read these nine verses or follow along as I read them this morning? The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice. Selah, grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation and in the name of our God. And we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear from him his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the king hear us when we call. We see that word remember twice in this passage of scripture, once in verse number three and then again down in verse number seven, where he says, we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Psalm 20 and, and the 21st Psalm are considered to be partner psalms, written in correlation with each other. Both psalms are called battle psalms. Uh, psalm 20, we believe, was written prior to a battle, and 
Psalm 21 at the conclusion of the battle. And uh, many Bible students believe that this is in reference to the battles that David led the armies of Israel in in 2 Samuel chapter number 10, where David leads the armies of Israel in battle against the Ammonites and the Syrians. Now when I read and studied and found that out, 2 Samuel chapter 10, the 10th chapter of 2 Samuel, I began to think on that and, and I realized what follows 2 Samuel chapter number 10. You know, that's 2 Samuel chapter 11. And if you study the Bible and you're familiar with this, that passage of Scripture, you know what happens in 2 Samuel chapter 11. It's one of the more prolific and popular passages about King David. It's not about a victory. It's not about a success. It's about one of his failures. You think about King David. A, a, a successful king, a good king, a wonderful king, but one of the things that he's known about most is one of his failures. And that's what happened in 2 Samuel chapter number 11. Uh, that is where he has his fall morally. He has an affair with Bathsheba, one of his soldiers' wives. He has that soldier murdered to try to cover up his sin. It's a, it's a terrible chapter, chapter 11 of 2 Samuel. And if this timeline is correct, David pins Psalm 20, goes to battle and is victorious, and then he pins Psalm 21, and then he falls in 2 Samuel chapter 11. Let this be a reminder to us, church, that Satan is after us at any moment and any time. It's not just in the low times of our life, but even on the mountaintops of our life, Satan will come after you. He is a ravenous lion that is walking about seeking whom he may devour. And let us always be on guard, looking for the times that Satan will come after us. And may we always look to the Lord. In Psalm 20, David is looking ahead at an upcoming battle. But he's also, and more importantly, he's looking to the Lord. See, the battle was coming. He understood that. Uh, but this wasn't just a time of strategic planning on his part with his generals. This was a time to seek counsel from the Lord. Uh, boy, I'm going to speak on this for just a moment here, just this idea of reaching out to God uh, this morning in the the sanctuary Sunday school class, Brother Renner was making mention of, um, of the prayer life of many of the, uh, uh, of some of the more popular preachers and individuals from latter years, those saints that have gone on to be home with the Lord and men like E.M. Bounds and Hudson Taylor and men that would spend hours in prayer every day. And he made mention of one of them saying, boy, I have a busy day today. I've got to spend an extra hour in prayer. Now, when you have a busy day, we don't typically add an hour onto our calendar or our schedule there, do we? In fact, sometimes I can fall into the trap. I know I have a busy day, and I take away from my prayer time. I take away from my devotion time. I take away from that time. And let me tell you this. On those days, every day, but on those days when you think you know it's going to be hectic, you know it's going to be much, you need to spend that extra time with God. 
In fact, you will accomplish more when you will give God the time. And I'd encourage you to be people of devotion, men and ladies of devotion, that will make sure they are disciplined to talk to God. Because know this, as verse number one tells us, there is a day of trouble. A day of trouble. And David knows there's a day of trouble ahead of him. There's these battles ahead here. And he spends time with God. Life is full of days that are full of trouble. In Job chapter 14, verse number 1, Job makes this statement. Man that is born of a woman is of a few days and then full of trouble. Jesus would tell his followers in John chapter 16, verse 33, In the world ye shall have tribulation. Listen, troubles surround us. Troubles will continue. So what do we do? Where do we turn? I love how David responds of this in Psalm 121. In fact, I was speaking to a family in our church here recently, going through some difficulties, going through some troubles. I was checking on, how are you doing? And they quoted this verse to me, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Aren't you grateful we can go to God? Aren't you grateful he's there to hear us in these days, in these times of trouble? Know this as well, church. God will allow problems, troubles in our lives that are greater than you and I can handle simply for this reason, to show you there's nothing too great for him to handle. There's nothing too big for God to handle. Oftentimes, we are handled situations that are beyond us. We can't. We'll be failures in them. But God can handle them. But we must come to him. And aren't you glad for prayer? The difficulties of life come. And during those times, our Heavenly Father is waiting for us, looking for us to come to him, to bow our hearts before the Lord, to enter into his throne room. And he's there ready to hear and respond to our prayers. By the way, it does not have to always be a long and lengthy prayer. I love the prayer of Peter when he was sinking on the waters. He says, Lord, save me. And the Lord answered that prayer, didn't he? It wasn't some long, drawn-out situation. It can often just be times, Lord, I need you now. Remember when we, probably the, the most her difficult event of our lives was when our first son was born and there was, there was complications in the, the birth process and when he came out there was, uh, he was not able to breathe, they couldn't get a tube down his throat, they rushed him out of the room with, 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 without saying anything to us, we knew there were things wrong. I followed them down and I watched them pumping on my son's chest and putting an uh, air mask over his face trying to get him to breathe. I came back into the room there and I was beside myself and I grabbed hold of my wife's hand and she looked at me and she said, let's pray. And just in a few words, we asked God to do what only God could do. It was beyond us, it was out of our hands, but it was not out of God's hands. And God intervened and he was merciful and gracious that day. He spared our son's life and, and again, it's just this wonderful moment of us talking and praying to God. 
Not only do we see David reaching out to God, we see another aspect. Look at verse number one. I find this an interesting thought here. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. That, that phrase or that title there, the God of Jacob, uh, it's a title that's used 13 times in the book of Psalms. Now Jacob was a, and is a patriarch, an historical figure in the nation of Israel. He had an important role in there. God eventually changes his name from Jacob to Israel. Jacob has um, uh, some children, including these 12 boys, that become the fathers or the, 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 the lead of these 12 tribes of Israel. We also know Jacob, he wasn't always a good man, was he? He was a deceiver. He was a cheat. He was a coward. He was not a good father. So why the God of Jacob? 13 times. I looked to see if there was a God of Abraham. Now Abraham's mentioned four times in the Psalms. And so I wondered, why would they exalt, or why would God choose to exalt the God of Jacob? Graham Scroggy, a, a student of Spurgeon and a preacher himself, and a Bible student himself, says this, that he believes the Psalms highlight the God of Jacob to remind us of this, that God relishes working with imperfect people who often find themselves in the days of trouble. Aren't you glad God works with imperfect people? Because I are one of them, right? And so are you. I'm looking at a bunch of them today, a bunch of imperfect people. And yet God wants to work with us. We make mistakes. We're inconsistent. Those things I just said about Jacob, a deceiver, a cheat, a coward, not a good father. I could say all those things about Mark Carpenter at various points in my life. And yet God wants to work with us. He's a gracious God, isn't he? He's a, he's a good God, a kind and compassionate God that wants to work with us even though we have failed him and even though we struggle, and even though we're inconsistent, he still wants to work with us. Let me share just three thoughts with you today from this passage of Scripture, each centered around the thought of remembering in the day of trouble. Remembering in the day of trouble. Number one this morning, remember this. Remember to worship in the day of trouble. Remember to worship in the day of trouble. Look at verse 2 and 3 of our text here. He says, send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings, and accept thy burnt sacrifice, Selah. He mentions sanctuary here. He mentions Zion. He mentions offerings and burnt sacrifice. All of these things that would describe the Old Testament model of worship. Now, worship is a wonderful thing. It's, it's attributing uh, value to something or someone. And to worship God is to value God highly. In fact, the last message I preached here uh, a couple of Sundays ago out of the Psalms was Psalm 95 on true biblical worship. And we talked much about worship on that day. But let me just highlight this this morning. Is it not true that when we go through difficulties and troubles... It's a, 
It's a tendency of ours to focus on us, to focus on my situation, my hurt, my need, my, my difficulty that I'm... It, it's easy for us to become inward-focused. But when we worship, even during the difficulties of life, even during those days of trouble, when we worship God, those thoughts are moved from us, moved from our circumstances, from our struggles, from our troubles. It's moved from us towards the one that is worthy of all worship and the only one that can relieve us from those difficulties. So worship is important even in the days of trouble. Paul and Silas were in a day of trouble in Acts chapter 16. They were doing the Lord's work. They were uh, ministering to to, to folks there in Philippi. People were being saved. The church was uh, being established there. And they're arrested. They're arrested for their ministry. They're arrested for what they're doing. Placed in jail. Placed with a personal guard. After being beaten, they're placed in these, these stocks and bonds. And what do they do? They prayed and sang praises unto God. So church, in the day of trouble, don't forget, remember to worship. Worship God for who he is. In those moments of illnesses, your job situation, your marriage, your children, the political struggles that we have all around us, let's not forget to worship God. He's worthy of it. In fact, Sunday is a day, it's the Lord's day. We come and we're blessed, we're fed, we're, 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 we're encouraged at church, but this is supposed to be about the Lord and exalting Him today. These songs that people sang today and played today weren't just for our benefit, they were to be offered up as a, as a, as a, as a worship to the Lord. So we preach His Word today. It's an opportunity for us to worship God. So whatever the trouble may be, remember to worship, excuse me. Number two today. Notice verse four and five. Let's remember God's will. Notice the terminology in verse four and five. Grant thee according to thine own heart. Fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation in the name of our God, and we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Twice we have it in verse 4 and once in verse number 5 where he talks about thine own heart. Fulfill thy counsel. The end of verse 5, the Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Part of praying is trusting. Trusting that God is able that God is faithful, and that God will only do the things within his will. You know, I've been saved now for, I guess, 44, 45 years. I've prayed lots and lots of prayers. I've asked for lots and lots of things, and I've had lots and lots of prayers answered. But not every prayer has been answered the way I've asked. Not every prayer has been answered the way I was hoping it would be. And yet in every one of them, God was always right. He never made a mistake. He never got one wrong. Listen, God can only be right. God can only be good. Even when I don't get it, even when I don't understand, God has a will, a purpose, and a plan. 
and remember to trust God's will. David is getting ready to go into battle, and he says it in this fashion, grant thee according to thine heart. Fulfill all thy counsel. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Trusting God for God's will. So remember to worship, remember God's will, and then number three, remember God's ways. Verses six through nine. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the king hear us when we call. David says, I'm not going to just put my faith and trust in chariots and horses, this this army that's been raised up, but I'm going to put my my faith in and my trust in the name of the Lord our God. David in these closing verses is recognizing that his only hope is in the Lord. Of course, this is something that David learned early on in his life, isn't it? Uh, David learned this as a youth. It would be easy for David to look at his circumstances, at his age, at his size, when he went up against the giant of Gath, Goliath. What did David say when he encountered this great giant? In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 45 through 47, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord. See, what David says here as a man, as a king, as a general in in chapter number 20, he'd already lived out in his life as a youth. He'd already experienced God. There was no way, David, this youth should have been able to defeat this great giant. Not only did he, as a youth, go against him, he he took a slingshot and five smooth stones. That's all he took with him because he was not trusting in the sword. He was not trusting in the spear. He was not trusting in the shield. He was trusting in the Lord his God. So remember the ways of God. Sometimes God wants to use a warrior. And sometimes God wants to use a little shepherd boy. But trust him. Trust his ways. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9 says, For thy thoughts are not, this is the Lord speaking, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Trust the ways of God. Remember God's ways. How many times in our life have we tried to figure things out, tried to manipulate, tried to move, tried to, tried to get things just to work out the way we think they should be? We should just trust God's ways. And so this morning, church, as we consider the thought of remembering, would you remember to worship in the days of trouble? Will you remember God's will in the days of trouble? And will you remember God's ways in the days of trouble? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Remembering. 
perhaps even now you can go to a point in time in your life where God has delivered you from a difficulty. Perhaps it was an illness or some type of uh, tragedy going on in your life or your family's life. And you can look back and remember the goodness of God. It'll be an opportunity for you today to thank God, an opportunity for you to praise God. But David was looking ahead at a battle here. David was looking ahead at a day of trouble. And so it's a good time for us to remember these things this morning. As we look ahead that we know there will be difficulties. We know there will be troubles. Don't forget to worship. Don't forget God's will. And don't forget God's ways. Father, I pray today that you'd be with us as we have this moment of invitation, a moment of decision, a moment of reflection today. And Lord, I pray that you'd work in our hearts and for us to truly remember what a wonderful God you are. And Lord, that we can trust you with the things of this life and the days of trouble. Lord, I don't know what's going on in everybody's life right now. But Lord, I pray that they would trust you and look to you. Lord, I pray if there would be anybody in our congregation today that does not know Christ as their Savior, Lord, that today would be the day that they would look to you and trust you and you alone. Lord, that you would uh, take these few moments now of this invitation and use them for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you stand today? As the piano begins to play, if the Lord spoke to your heart, the altar is available today. It's an opportunity for you to come and talk to the Lord. Bring your needs and your petitions before a holy and a good God that makes no mistakes. And trust Him. <laughs> if the Lord's working in your heart, would you respond today? <laughs>